Hey, Derek, you want to get high on God? <laughs> I do. I would like. I would like to get high on God, sir. Where can I find this highness? Hey, there's no high like the Most High. <laughs> Man, we just had Matt Spinks on, and uh, you are referencing his book title, "High on God." Yeah. Um, yeah. I honestly, I this guy is. He just exudes joy. Yep. Yeah. Like pure joy. joy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We we dove into a whole lot, but joy was the foundation. It was the beginning, the middle, and the end. It was probably the before and the after, too. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'll read a little bit. uh, The book he wrote, it's an invitation to a lifelong experience of ecstatic joy and bliss. Uh, And this conversation was that. It was very, you know, he's... um, an experiential fella. In fact, I felt like this this conversation is probably the best conversation I've ever had in helping people have an experience with God. Right. Um, yeah. One would, of the one of the visions and missions of a family story is to create content catalytic yeah. for a encounter. Yeah. And yeah. Um, Matt's the kind of guy that is when you get around him, you will encounter. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And uh yeah. I, I yeah, yeah I, I think this is going to be a great listen for for our audience that you know, if you maybe been swallowed up by a, a little bit of you know, despondency, depression, grief and and we need to lean into those things, but we also need to know that uh Jesus is not only in it with us, but he knows what it's like to be us and yeah. he has joy that can yeah. be our strength yeah. uh in in yeah. these times and in these situations. And it- and hope and when we lean in and this conversation touched on it when we lean in we lean in from a finished place we lean in the context of union and and the the fact that uh that by his stripes we were healed uh subject that we talked about so we 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 don't uh we we talk about the problem with pain but we talk about it uh, really from a a finished work and I, i mean i'm i'm encouraged by the conversation uh, I always am when we connect, but this was, this one was special. Yeah. Well, and he yeah. did get into, Hey, I, I want to see more of these healings and yeah. miracles and yeah. wonders. Yeah. And it, it, it really sparked a, a hunger for that. Um, yeah. in me, I've been thinking about a lot about it myself. Yeah. And, uh, I think, I think we may have kind of t- unlocked a little key in this conversation on how maybe our motive of love needed to shift in order to be kind of that conduit for the free flow of the miracle working power of God. Cause we believe in it. We don't, we don't think it doesn't exist just cause we don't see it all the time. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I feel like that was a good, a good key that we got into there. And then of course, you know, joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. Yeah. I love to be joyful. And I loved what you shared. I mean, you just touched on it again, but uh, coming full circle uh, to being loved and 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 growing, growing aware, even ever greater awareness of of His love for us. So, this was fun. This was fun, and uh, we got one more before Christmas and the the year ends. Season four ends. This has been a wild ride this year, bro. Um, It has been an explosive year of <laughs> and and I think next year is going to be even greater. Yeah. Jason, I'm I'm excited about uh, all too. that God's doing and the the community that's grown around this. We launched a Facebook group and uh there's so much life there. 
we, we've been jokingly saying we accidentally um, uh, started an online church. We 100% started an online church. And, and we're seeing a, all the gifts. Yeah, all the connections, all the ways. amazing that, community that's rising up. And, and with really mature yeah. whole gifts that are coming alongside and helping shape, I mean, Jesus within the context of an online Facebook group. I mean, yeah. I, I'm really overwhelmed with it. You know, as a pastor who's looking for these kind of things and for it to just kind of happen without any intention. I mean, it's really awesome. And we're just, we're gathering around the the goodness of God being better than the last best thought we had about it. I mean, that's, that's, and it's a safe place to to have better thoughts about who God is as Jesus revealed. So rethinking God with tacos, go there. If you haven't signed up already in the Facebook group, Uh, we also have an Instagram under that name. If you want to sign up for our mailing list at a familystory.org where you can also give. Yeah. 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 I was going to mention that about, you know, Hey, maybe you're one of those that uh, likes to do a big uh, end of year gift and just kind of like bless Right. someone that way there's a lot of people that are just geared that way they they think yeah. about your in your end giving and uh we man we invite you to invest in what god's doing here we think it's it's an amazing ground uh yeah. that god is you know growing from from scratch but uh yeah. it's got so much life on it jason and i would invite man. people to partner with that if you've been blessed by the podcast by the writings by the guests um man help us help us keep going strong and yeah. uh, and invested in it financially we uh, we invite you into that and and as always if you're in the charlotte area we meet saturday nights at river rivercharlotte.org and uh dot com sorry dot com i, I think uh, i think we own dot org too but i don't know i'll check okay. it out <laughs> rivercharlotte.com uh but uh come join us uh, be with us 6 30 you can learn more about it on the website um excited about all the ways that that community is growing and i'm honored to be a part of it um so merry christmas guys uh, yeah we are honored to be doing this with yeah you guys. merry christmas hey here's matt spinks you guys are going to enjoy this matt spinks we finally have you on the podcast man it's such an honor uh, to be here brother yeah it's, and it's good to meet you. I've been wanting to meet you. We have mutual friends. Folks have even uh, taken courses with you. Uh, a lot of mutual friends. I, I, we were talking before we hit record that we have a list of folks that we want to get on here. Your name has been on that list uh, for a long time. So this is good, man. You're here. It's an honor. Yeah, yeah. well, just to give, again, a little plug for your podcast, like I mentioned before, I mean, some of your podcasts are my favorite of all time. So when you reached out, I was like, woo, this will be fun, man. So, <laughs> such, such a joy. Yeah, it is, yeah. It's man. nice to meet it, you, Matt. We're uh, we're really excited to dive into the conversation today and just hear about your life and talk about all the things we love to talk about. Sounds <laughs> good. You I know, love that you got tacos in here too, man. I just got back from Tijuana in November. Did you? And, uh, my God! Oh, save, save it till the end, man. <laughs> you got to the taco story. You know the you rules, get to the man. Taco story first. I like it. I like it. Let's. <laughs> do, you, do you guys usually talk about tacos at the end, or how? Oh yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. we can talk about tacos whenever, though. <laughs> All day, every day, There's my dude. No yes. wrong time to talk about tacos. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we. It, that's a fun, fun, uh, fun connecting point for sure. Um, hey man, share a little bit about yourself. I, I know you through your connections with John Crowder, uh, with, uh, Rod Williams, 
probably there's several others that have, have mentioned you, but share a little bit about yourself. Share a little bit about the ministry, what you're doing. You're up in Indiana, right? Yeah, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Um, and that that's where we spend most of our time. Uh, sounds like a Fresh Prince uh, rap is about to start. But, um, I thought so, no, too. We're, <laughs> most of my day. Yeah, Kate, Katie, uh, my wife Katie and I, uh, we both pretty much grew up here. Um, we weren't born here, but moved here at a young age. Uh, lived here most of our lives. We actually grew up Lutheran. Um, this is a big uh, Missouri Synod Lutheran area. So yeah. we got a lot of history in that. Although a lot of my uh, kind of formation after my high school years was with YWAM and then IHOP and a lot of the charismatic streams. So I've done, you know, I've done kind of more mainline and charismatic stuff, but, um, but yeah, uh, you know, a lot of our heart is here in our local area too. We do house church, uh, uh-huh. That's been really important to us for a long Firehouse, time, right? And uh, and we we call it glory community, or just you're trying to see a lot of these supernatural grace kind of oriented folks, like not just complain about church or say how it should be done differently, but uh, we're attempting to you know actually get in the game. You know, there's so many, uh, you know, I mean, so many church expressions haven't worked. I don't know if ours actually works or not but uh, <laughs> but that's become something important to us so community trying to develop that here and uh but we're involved yeah. in so many different kinds of things uh, we do we have a children's home we go to nepal a lot we're very involved in the nation of nepal which is totally different than the fort wayne indiana stuff that we do you know but right. um but i think at the heart of it all is really kind of this this grace finished work like the gospel, you know, what we see is the gospel, uh, and, and which has reformed a lot over the years. You know, I was doing a, I was doing videos for a while called the reformation and restolution podcast. Okay. And, uh, talking about that, like, and that's, you know, a little bit of the thread I kind of gather from a lot of you guys' podcasts too. It's (laughs) like the church is in a reformation, you know, and, uh, getting back to a more beautiful, uh, fuller expression, hopefully, you know, as, and stumbling Derek, our way through it. You know? Yeah. As Derek <laughs> says, I'll beat him to the punches, a reformation or a restoration, a yes. returning, a returning to those early church exactly. fathers. Come on. Yeah. Come a on. Discovering yeah. of union and grace as Trinitarian gospels. It's, um, I'm curious uh, because I, I, I'm reading through, get, getting to know you a little bit today. I, I know of you, but spent a little bit of time with you today prepping for this. And uh, you've used a lot of the John Crowder terms, bliss, yeah. mystical, yes. uh, driving, diving into union. And so I'm curious how you, how you, it's a very experiential uh, read. Anything right. I read from you is very experienced, which I'm, I'm charismatic, grew up Pentecostal, charismatic. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm wired Works that and way. All I'm, an, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm an artist. So that, that means a whole lot to me, relational is how I think, but yeah. But how did you get there? Like, what's the, uh, what's the journey for you? Yeah. Well, it's, it's interesting. A lot of my, you know, heroes and stuff are more theologically inclined or more, you know, they actually went to school for it. I didn't, I was a YWAM guy, missionary, okay. yeah. you know, uh, and, you know, there's times now I'm 41 now and I've thought oh, it's not too late to maybe go to school or whatever. But uh, I appreciate all that. But for for me, it has come from a lot more of an experiential yeah. kind of thing. You know, my uh, both Katie and I, a lot of our stories 
uh, into this stuff happened in uh, 2008. So where there were just a series of kind of divine appointments, divine encounters, experiences that we had where, man, for honestly, it felt like I was never even a spiritual before that. <laughs> right. Or like, did you know, I think in the Western church, we are, and for some good reasons, afraid of spirituality, you know, or maybe we don't even have an on-ramp for it. Uh, I We certainly didn't, even though, you know, like I said, I'd been a, so my mission stuff started in the year 2000, joining YWAM. And um, so for, you know, it wasn't until I was like 26 years old or however old I was in 2008 about that time, which is still young, of course, but I grew up in the church my whole life and never really... I couldn't say can at least consistently felt the presence of God. Right. You know, or it, it would be a rare thing, maybe once every, I don't know, a few times a year. And we'd write all about it in our journal, like, Oh my God, I heard God. <laughs> I felt God, you know, I felt a trickle. Uh, yeah. I felt yeah, something. Yeah. I got a goosebump or something, yeah. you know, like, uh, <laughs> or I heard a word. Yeah. And then even sometimes I look back through those journals and I'm like, I don't know if I was hearing God. That would <laughs> like be a right. different voice, but, um, and that's not to say those things were all invalid, you know, it was all, there were so many stepping stones and parts of our journey to that point. But 2008 for us was like, it was just this overwhelming, uh, and, and I'll say you know, some of it did come through John. That's why I use a lot of his, John Crowder, um, George and Winnie Banov were really, really yeah. instrumental for us. Yeah. And then a lot of the people that are coming out of Toronto, right? Okay. Like the Toronto blessing and, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. That basically that happened to us, even though I've never been to Toronto and I was kind of late to the game. You know, that was like uh -huh. 14, 15 years after yeah. Toronto started. It was genuinely like a like a wave of glory. It's all I mean. And, and again, we try to use all these different languages. I think the mystics have always struggled to put it into language, you know, but yeah, yeah, uh, it was just a genuine, you know, waves of peace, waves of love, waves of just yeah. bliss yeah washing over us and yeah. uh that's where you know out of those experiences it took me like 10 years i wrote the book high on god and just trying because we met we've met hundreds of people that have been going through similar things or wanted to yeah so i'm like all right you know for me it changed everything like it right. it really helped our healed our marriage in a lot of ways i was such wow. a perfectionist um, <laughs> always criticizing her uh, very kind of by the book, you know, lots of, you know, there was the 10 rules and regulations to everything. Uh, even though I probably didn't even recognize that at the time, you know, but, uh, you know, so it changed so much for us that, uh, yeah, it's been, that's been one of the, the cornerstones. And then that to me was what opened me up to the theological change. Right. Um, because I started feeling so much love, so much yeah. bliss and so much yeah. joy. Oh, yeah. I'm like, all these views of God don't work with that anymore, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so you know, whereas some guys, I think, maybe um, learned it through, you know, the Torrance brothers or studying Carl Bart or, you know, uh, I got into those guys later. But for me, it was just like having these experiences and uh, and not having a grid, not having a theological grid. Man, and, uh, I... Uh... <laughs> I, I was having a conversation with a guy yesterday and um, I was talking about the, the baptism of Jesus. And I said, you know, he, he goes under the water, he comes up out of the water and, and the guy was in a spot and, uh, uh, and just in a dark season in his life. And I said, you yeah. know, 
I said, uh, he comes up out of the water and he gets, this is, this is my son. And I'm like, I know you know what that is. Like, I feel like the church has come into this revelation of father, uh, uh, you know, whether it's Jack Frost, right. Uh, way back, or there's this revelation of the father that we've been stewarding and growing in. I mean, even the, the, the Toronto bl uh, blessing, uh, had that going on. So this yeah. is my son. We get that whom I love. There's been an explosion of, of a revelation of his love. Um, Bill Johnson teaching Jesus perfect theology, what you're describing. Right. Uh, uh, but then I gave him this part. I said, man, what we're awakening to right now is this piece right here. And it's the most transformative thing with whom I'm well pleased. Come on, bro. And it's the, that moment where you awaken to a pleasure that you've already had. It's always been yours. Somebody asked me the other day about favor, about favor with God and with man. And I was like, yeah, I've never understood uh, uh, favor with man, but favor with God I get because when I, they handed me my daughter, I didn't look at her and say, you can Come have on, some bro. favor now and a little bit later. I said, everything I have is yours. Yes. You're going to awaken <laughs> to the, re you're going to grow in the revelation of it. So all that I am is yours. You're just going to grow in the revelation of it. And when it comes to pleasure, I feel like we're in a season uh, and I feel like some of what you run at uh, is, is this awakening to the pleasure of our father. It is the most transformative yes. thing for me to, to, to walk throughout my day going, Oh my goodness, he is pleased with me. I got it before I did anything. I've got the well pleased on, before Jesus got the well pleased before he did any of the stuff, right? He got all of that before he did the stuff that we built around the doing to, to get, as opposed to doing from what we've already received. That's so good. I think you could probably speak to that. I think I'm touching on the most high uh, on, on kind of what you're awakening to high on God, right? Is this? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, and, I, and you know, yes, man, go for it. Well, there's so much different language uh, that we use. Yeah. And, and I, I've said to people too, like, cause it's funny. I just noticed like five years ago that someone else put out a book by the same title called high on God, but it was yeah. a negative sense. <laughs> they were like, they were like how, how Western Christianity has gotten high on their own, basically pride and empire building sure, and everything. Sure. And, and like, I can see that too. I can see that yeah. language, you know, so, you know, I, again, and there are guys that run in some of our streams and meetings that are, you know, fully locked in. So you, you got it. You got to say we're whacked and we're, we're in the bliss and we're high. And I'm like, I don't yeah. really care about that. And I think most of the mystics and, you know, we, we understand this is beyond language. Uh, that's actually the, probably the most difficult thing is how to put it into language, you know, the, the right. biggest yeah. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it is absolutely that, you know, it's, uh, so I, I get that there's, you know, can be a negative connotation with that. And I invite you guys, even on this podcast or anywhere I go, like, you know, uh, a lot of this stuff can seem weird or sometimes maybe there is a little aberration to be corrected. And so sometimes <laughs> that's fun. If you, I don't, you know, we're just getting to know each other. I'm always open to, to challenges about that. But obviously, I mean, I see where, you know, and just because I've listened to some of your other stuff, I know we're on the same page about a, yeah. a ton of stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, this isn't about trying to start some new weird thing where everyone has to act happy and just be, oh, I'm in the bliss 24-7, bro, aren't you? <laughs> you know? Right. But it really is what you're talking about. It's like God is just better than we, way yeah. better than yeah. we imagined, way better than we thought. And Come on. now looking back at just some of the paradigms of God, even throughout church history, you know, you read sinners in the hands of an angry God or all these things. And you're like, how this isn't anywhere near the same Trinity that I've experienced. It, 
am, I'm not trying to be weird here, but like God meets me and I just feel embraced every day. <laughs> like you haven't met, have you met Jesus of God like this for so long, yeah. you know, um, <laughs> there's just something so much better. And, uh, yeah. It is interesting looking at church history and, and recognizing there's some stuff we really need to get back to, but there's other stuff that we definitely need to let go, you know? Yeah. And, and as much as, you know, it's funny for those of us that, uh, like I, I know John and I, you know, some of the others, we've been in char the charismatic stream. I, you know, I got in the charismatic stream in like 2001. So it's been 22 years and you see all the excesses and the problems and the sure. issues and stuff. And so, you know, in, the, in recent years, we have been focusing a bit more on theology, trying to get back to like, hey, guys, like the charismatic church has forgotten that Jesus is still a man sometimes, you know, like or he's fully God, fully human. Or, we, yeah. you know, we've lost some of those foundational things. We're not trying to throw the baby out with the bathwater. At the same time, I'm really grateful. Like you said, you know, uh, Jack Frost used to come to our town all the time. I remember him and. This stuff out of, out of Toronto at one point was labeled not just the Toronto blessing, but it was called the Father's blessing. Yep, that's right. You know where people yeah. were recognizing that. So there, I think there has been a valuable reformation in the last several yeah. decades. Like it, you know, was Bart that said semper reformanda, always, always reforming. You know, so we're getting that's back good. to the to some of the good roots, but we're also saying, you know, I think I think John Calvin wanted to kill the heretics you know we probably shouldn't do that you know <laughs> like, <laughs> like so they used to exile someone for believing the wrong thing so there's still some things that well, hopefully we're reforming out of and yeah i yeah. think this just ecstatic papa you know this and you know even the the view of mama god you know in the yeah. trinity that there's the feminine in the trinity that there's yeah, there's good. so many things that we can without rejecting the former, without rejecting the, the good roots that we do have. In fact, some of us probably need to emphasize those more, but like, I think, you know, and for me, so my book is, you know, the, my first book, I'm trying to write a second book, but was just pointing people to there's ecstasy. There's a river pleasure. There's delight. Um, some of the stuff that's been coming out over these last few decades is not a weird side issue, but it's something that needs to be reformed into the heart of, yeah. Ev hopefully every expression, whether it's different language or, you know, yeah. they don't have yeah. to use the word high. I don't care. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's something there. Yeah, there's something yeah. there. Something yeah, Matt, there. I mean, you just you exude joy, brother. Uh, <laughs> and not just that I'm seeing it here for the Thanks, first man. time, but in, in your yeah, other yeah, videos yeah. and some of the other things I've seen online. And it just comes across as so genuine. And it just reminds me of that that C.S. Lewis quote that joy is the serious business of heaven. Exactly. And, um, you know, I think we need, I think we need to get back to, um, the kind of, the kind of joyful, uh, pursuit. Um, I don't even, not even pursuit. I think joy almost is a choice. I think happiness is a pursuit and Americans are very familiar with the, you know, pursuit of life, pursuit liberty, of happiness. And happiness. Yeah. But, um, but joy is that choice. And when we, when we choose that deep abiding joy, I think that's where you have to, you stop and you center yourself and you just remind yourself that, Hey, I'm in, I'm present. I'm present with God and God is present with me right here, right now. Come on. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I lived through the Toronto blessing era being told that it was, uh, it was, a 
it was not a thing. It was a mistake, and we shouldn't partake of it. Yeah, um, I was told that at first too. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> but uh, but a friend of mine had gone to it, and just the the changes that I saw in his life. He was over yes. in the UK, and that's how you measure so, it, man. Transformation. What's that? Yeah, transformation uh, is to me that's that's the measuring stick. Are we are we yeah. becoming more like Jesus, yeah. and are we are we being more inclusive and loving of of others? And so. Um, yeah, talk, talk a little bit about the theological shift that you, you said you had. You said you started to kind of more di dive into a little more of changes in your theology. I mean, well, how did you rethink God? What, what, how had you thought about him? And, you know, what, what changes were, were made there? Yeah, uh, such a big, big question. Uh, I think the big thing is like so many of us just grow up with unconscious assumptions you know, and, uh, and they're so widely taught, you know, like yeah. now it's like, if I read 90% of the commentaries on, on scripture, I'm like, I just feel, uh, it's, it's tough. And, and a lot of the things that we are ministering now, we do face a lot of backlash and a lot of opposition and, and, uh, it's made, you know, it, it's made it challenging. And, but I can understand because my, my shift was from that. Like I said, I grew up, Lutheran, which actually is a lot more grace centered, you know, than a lot of groups. I'm, I'm still really thankful. It's probably part of what's even opened me up to be able to be where I'm at today is that's that I, I wasn't at, you know, there's a lot of more uh, streams that I would have more issues with, I guess, than, than the one I grew up with. But I, I think, you know, I, I guess the, the, I'll give an example. There was a story. So from, from probably the year before, so 2007, the year before we really started to experience these just waves of love and joy and the presence of Jesus, someone gave us this prophecy. We were in a lot of prophecy circles and but this was a very simple one. And I, uh, they, well, they gave us several different words that day. We were in, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys ever went to one of those old prophecy rooms where they bring you in and they're, they're intentionally prophesying over you. And one of the words someone had was, and I just see you're about to experience that God is happy. God is really, really happy. Now they've given me like 10 or 12 words that day. And I was like, Hey, you know, you don't take all of them. Some of them, you just throw it out. You check that. And I, that was the main one that day that I remember that is nowhere in the Bible. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that God is happy. And I, I literally like, just was like, that's a shallow word. You know, <laughs> it's whatever, deep, yeah. you know, I'll take the other nine and 10 words they gave me today, but not that one, you know? And, uh, you know, it's just, I, I, I could say like the first kind of seven years that I took my walk with Jesus seriously was all about, you know, changing the world in intensity yeah. and, yeah. you know, even maybe the fire of God, we would say, but it, it, you know, it was about changing the world. And I still am passionate about that. I mean, we, we're in full-time ministry, you know, we're, uh, but I just, one of the, so one of the big shifts was God is happy. That was, yep. that was massive. I could talk about that for ages. That's a lot of what my book talks about, you know, yeah. that he's not against pleasure. He's the author of pleasure. He put us in Eden from the beginning. Come we on. started in, you know, Eden means pleasure. We started in this place. Um, but then a, a, another one is just that we're not here as workers ma mainly that we're not, that essentially that salvation isn't on our shoulders, you know? So good. Um, yeah. And I, I think, I don't know, you know, no one would say that in the church. We all know better than to, you know, we, 
to say that the the world depends on us. Although, you know, some people might say it outright, but at least most of us Protestants are like, it's all by grace. It's all the work of Christ, you know, but I, I just, I never felt that, you know, um, yeah. It, yeah. It, it never really felt true. It was always, you know, what are we doing? Uh, what are you doing? Um, and so that was, you know, now it's become one of my uh, key messages is just that uh, it is finished, you know, that in developing that finished work message, um, which which has developed over the years. And again, like I said, Georgian and Winnie helped us, uh, John Crowder, many others in that time. They were definitely influencing us. But it comes along with that when you see that that the father is is a rejoicing good, yeah. just extremely good. Yeah. Then you start to ask, why would he leave us in this like era of, of thousands of years where we're going to struggle, we're in lack, um, you know, he's just going to leave us in these hard times. You know, um, I guess I just always had this perspective that now we're kind of here waiting to die right. or waiting for the second coming and yeah. we're just enduring and we're trying our best to change the world. Yeah. Um, but That's actually good. seeing that Jesus accomplished something, you know, so it was the goodness of God that opened me up to that reality. Like just, just experiencing how good he is. And then Come on. saying, what if maybe he actually supplied us with everything we need, like everything we need, you know, for life and godliness as it, you know, yeah. as the verse says, yeah. like, um, and that's yeah. just become, I, I don't know who was the prophet that said years ago, I give you permission to try to exaggerate the goodness of God or to try to exaggerate the gospel. And that's probably the most uh, number one accusation we get now is like, you've taken this thing too far, you know, <laughs> um, because I think yeah. we just grow up as Christians thinking uh, we just heard it in so many ways. I, here's another random story. It's, it's so sad. And I, I've shared this many times, but my, uh, my father-in-law was a Lutheran minister um, really good dude. Um, but his whole life and, and my wife can testify, you know, I only knew him a few years. He actually passed away. But one of the things he would always say is I can't wait to die. Like, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to death. You know, he said it so much and I don't, I'm not even a guy that believes in name it, claim it or whatever, but he did die early and he was kind of happy about it, you know? Right. And it just, it, it was such a sad picture to me, but in thinking about it, I think a lot of Christians are kind of subconsciously in that place. You know, um, we're yeah. trying to change the world the best we can now, but reality is it's going to kind of suck, but someday we'll die. Yeah. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and this in is our mean, gospel. Yeah. Know? In the meantime, let's build an ark. We'll, we'll right. Just, yeah. We'll, we'll like, yeah. Yeah. Protection <laughs> mechanism, store up food. Maybe. I yeah. don't know. You know, like build, yeah. a, build a bunker. I, I don't know. You know, Build a or, subculture to, to support uh, to support us while we, man. Um, I, I uh, Bill Johnson. I think when we talk often, we talk about the, the pivotal shift, and it was around Jesus's perfect theology and God is good. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then you experience that, whether you experience it, and then you get the theology, or you right. But but God is in a good mood was yeah. something that Bill says, and something that I heard him say. I remember the first time I heard it. I remember thinking, huh. Huh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, that's how it felt to me. That's a that's a cool thought. Is God in a, and so I, I I I remember I adopted that. I went on staff about twelve years ago. Uh for a few years I was on staff at a Methodist church. And uh and they weren't they were Methodists, so they were 
they were a little they would have been leery of Bethel or the Toronto uh, blessing and yeah and, yeah. Uh, and so uh, I I introduced that phrase God is in a good mood uh, as though it was mine because uh, I yeah yeah worked don't otherwise. want to quote Bill Johnson in certain circles yeah <laughs> and it, I'm telling you uh, that thought right there is a transformative thought. It that is. thought is so powerful, but I would share yes. God is every time I got up, every time I preached, I would say, Hey guys, Hey, I, I just checked again. Turns out, uh, hold on. Uh, he's still, still in a good mood. Hey, God's <laughs> still in a good mood. I, I just checked, go ahead and check on him. I'll wait. And we would have, fun. Yeah. but they would come in to the, the building and someone would yell down the hall. Hey, pastor Jason is God in a good mood. And I'd, I'd laugh. I go, Oh man, he's in such a good mood. You should ask him for something. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I remember, so I remember years ago, uh, Andrew Womack had a bumper sticker that said, God's not mad at you. He's not even in a bad mood. Come and on. I, I, that was a game changer for me. Yeah. I and mean, this was a long time ago. But, yes. um, and then, of course, hearing Bill Johnson talk about the goodness of God, his book on God is good. We handed that out to every person yeah. that came and visited the church. That was like our first time visitor gift. We were like, I want to get this in your hands. If you never come back, you need to, you need to see this. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that, you know, it brings me back to joy though, because you have this statement in scripture that Jesus for the joy set before yeah, him endured yes. the cross. So there's something about joy that sees beyond the pain, the suffering, the trauma and whatnot. But I think also, I think there's something really deep in that scripture. And that is you are the joy of the Lord. Come on. You're his delight that what he saw, the joy set before him so was good. you. And when you take that personally and you're really, man, wait a second, you know, not only is he not in a bad mood, but he's <laughs> joyful and, and takes delight in me about yeah. me. Yeah, we see it in the, the father-child relationship, right? I mean, we we, yes. we delight in our kids um, most of the time, but uh, right, right. <laughs> but you know, there, there's nothing they can do to keep you from from loving them. There's yeah. nothing you wouldn't Come do on. for them. But I think there is a key. There's got to be a key in this joyful atmosphere, and 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 because it is so attractive to people. It is so attractive yes. to my neighbors and friends when, man, you're always coming in with, with joy and it's genuine. It's authentic. It's not yeah. like I'm People trying to tell. put up a, yeah, they can totally tell. And so, uh, yeah, I, I love the, I love the joy that you bring Matt. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I would ask, I would ask this, how would you encourage someone who maybe struggles with having that experiential mystic kind of encounter, um, how how would you encourage someone like that who's like maybe not even chasing after it, but they're like, I know there's more, yeah. I know there's more. What what would you say to a person like that? Yeah, that I, and I love that question, and uh, especially when people come to a point in their life where they're like, Yeah, I want to experience more of God, or I want to experience yeah. whatever it's joy, or or just the supernatural, or I just want to feel that love that, yeah. that they're talking about. You know, uh, it again. I think. A lot of times we feel like it's difficult. Just getting over that hump is 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 tough in our own minds. Like we think it's going to take, you know, ten training courses, ten deliverances, you know, whatever. Right. Um, another, I mean, my favorite topic really is union. Come on, you know, and so just knowing okay, that God is already in you, you're yeah. already united with Him. So He's closer than the air you breathe. He's right yeah. here. Look, look around the room that you're in. Um, but sometimes that's still because I remember wanting 
that was, you know, for seven years of my Christian walk, that was my very prayer. You know, even out of Toronto, they still say more Lord, more Lord, right. you know, not realizing yeah. you have the fullness inside of you. But, uh, <laughs> But, you know, just getting past that to realize it's it's so he is so much closer. This is so much easier. He did all the work. He removed every barrier. Um, but sometimes that can still be kind of heady. I think another thing that the most practical thing that I like to share with people is just get around people that are experiencing that. Yeah. So just good. just like in any field of life, if you want to get or if you want to make money, get around people that are making money and learn from them. Or you want to learn about the medical field, get around people that are medical professionals and learn, you know. Um, so but I think a lot of this, you know, as they always used to say at Toronto, it's more caught than taught. Uh, there really is something about sure. that. And it's not even just um, just learning directly from something they're going to share with you. But there is even a spiritual atmosphere that people just kind of walk in, you know, um, and that's again, Western Christians, we're, we're afraid of anything spiritual. We think it's weird, but you know, they laid hands on people in the book of acts and something happened, you yeah. know? Um, so I think getting, just getting around people. Um, yeah, you can have people lay their hands on you or just be around them until it rubs off. Um, and, and don't be frustrated if it doesn't, happen the very first meeting you go to the very first person you're hanging with like stick with it um or you know we put out a lot of resources and other other guys yeah. on your podcast keep listening to these podcasts you know like truth sets us free Come as on. well which is another yeah. thing i want to bring up on this podcast but uh maybe we'll get there i don't know but um yeah you know just uh get it get around it keep hearing it that's uh, good you know stuff like that I, so that's good i i um I, and I've said on here often, but I've told my kids, um, if you want to experience God's presence, um, he speaks in the language of love. And Come so on. whenever you feel love, that is, that's God's presence. So and, if you'll, and if you'll steward that, you'll become, uh, you'll become a brilliant, uh, uh, you'll be able to brilliantly understand the nature of the presence of God. You'll be able to experience and participate in and and it's that simple it's really that yes. simple yes participate in love and recognize it be intentional when you recognize it and you'll become adept adept at just being able to receive it because we love because yes. we first loved all of all of it is wrapped up in that revelation Come right on. there that we love because he first loved. So it's this awakening continually awakening to his love i i i'll ask you about truth but i i love you know, I've been writing on this subject. In fact, today I was uh, particularly on peace, but the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy. In the context of yes. union, that scripture is stunning. You know, righteousness so rich. is this the evidence of of who we truly are. Uh, but then there's the we talked about the joy, this joy that sustains you even in the midst of of, of dark seasons. And then I was I was working on peace today. And I've talked about it here as well, Derek, and I talk about it, but I'm fascinated by this um, piece that in the context of union, it was way better than the way I understood it. And I used Jesus in the boat yes. where he's taking, where he's, where he's sleeping in the middle of a storm. And, uh, and, and once upon a time, I would have thought I was taught in the charismatic church, in the Pentecostal church, I was taught that everything about the story is pointing towards the fact that Jesus has authority to say, peace, be still to the storm. 
But in union, what I've realized, and the thing that's fascinating to me is that everything in this story is about the union Jesus had that he was tired. And so in the middle of a storm, he had so much peace, he took a nap. Like if he only does the things the Father's doing. a lot of confidence. Yeah, if he only does the things the Father's doing, in that moment, the Father was taking a nap. And, And it isn't that the authority isn't there to calm the storm. It's that this union invites you into a peace that's beyond understanding, right? And so... It's yeah. it, union's my favorite subject too. It's yes, uh, come on. It's and, and when we're talking about joy, then or we're talking about being happy, we're talking about that. We're talking about yeah. regardless of circumstances, regardless of when you're high or when you're low. That is that is the good news. Yes. Like Jesus, we can walk throughout our day, and and we can say speak. We can speak to a mountain, move from here to there. Nothing is impossible for us, but it's not, you know, that's a faith of a mustard seed. It wasn't a measurement. It was, it was the depth of his revelation of his union. It was everything he was talking about. And, and that's the thing that I think you're, you're running at, eh? Come on. I, <laughs> no, I love I it. Yeah, I think we've just <laughs> underestimated union for so long. Come on. Like, uh, the number one prayer we always used to pray growing up was, Lord, just be with this person, you know, be with that person, you know, be with us during this time. And I'm like, honestly, it's not even that bad of a prayer, especially if you realize he is always with yeah. us. Yeah. But then to actually realize God is with us, yeah. like we're in union with God. So what could we lack? Like if yeah. you have God, you have everything, the creator of everything, the one who is greater than everything. Like you have everything in union. So it's, yeah, it's <laughs> endless. It's endless. So living good. From, yeah. Living from then instead of for. Yes. It's a beautiful yes. thing. Man, I love so it. So good. I love it. All right. Well, fun chatting with you guys, man. It's uh, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, I, I I think the you know the peace element too that you're talking about. It it really is a transition from head to heart because you know, and I say this to people all the time who are struggling with it, but I think you forfeit the peace that passes understanding when you try to understand everything. Yeah, and that's why. <laughs> having these these mystical experiences and inviting mystery yeah. into your yes. life and not having to be so certain about everything is is really okay cuz now you have this access to a peace that supersedes or you know surpasses all understanding but i think our you know our western mindset is to try and logically understand everything and figure yeah. it out and you know um and and that's okay. fine it's good it, it's good to it's good to have the you know the thinker involved in it. Absolutely. I think we're moving more, we're moving more into the, into the realm of the, the heart, the feeler, the, you know, and, and I've just been way more aware of like clearing my head of all thoughts and, and just trying to like abandon any, you know, if a thought floats by, just let it float on by, but don't, don't get locked in on any thought. And it's in that space where it's like, Oh, okay, God, you're here. You're, you're with me. Yes. Like yeah. the awareness of it yeah. comes. And then, then there can, then there can be those moments of, you know, speaking life over me and experiencing identity. Um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to help lead people in this kind of thing in, in community, yeah. but on. it really requires them to abandon the, you know, the need to be right and have the correct thinking all the time. And, embrace this peace that passes understanding that allowed Jesus to take a nap in a boat. But you know, if he was doing like Jason said, 
I only do the things I see my father do. I only say the things my father says. Well, God is love. So Jesus only did and said love. Yeah. And so that singular focus of I'm, I'm going to do what love would do in every moment. If I can get to that space where I'm living according to the law of love, then I'm living according to the only law that, that is this, this kingdom operates under. That's it. It's the only, only law. And so, you know, that, that's, I think where we're heading. Um, you know, I've, I've been through the word yes. of faith movement. I'm ready for the word of love movement. You know, let's, <laughs> let's, let's get back to that. I like it. <laughs> well, and I, I love what you're saying too, with, uh, cause it's some of, you know, obviously a book high on God, if you're going to take that in a positive sense, it's a mystical reality. And some of the stuff you're saying here, a lot of stuff, what we're talking about, it's, you know, the Western church, we've just dwelt up here. Like our awareness has been in our head. Yeah. And that's valid and valuable. We don't want to reject that completely, but it's just a part of it. Like yeah. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, it. I actually know now from the last 15 years, I can allow my awareness to dwell <clears throat> in my belly or in my heart and not just up here, you know, yeah. but I can, I can, you know, you have self-control. Right? If there's times I want to dive into a big theological book or do some study then that's great. I can have my awareness up here more. But sometimes when I'm when I'm in prayer or contemplation or you know, you can just sit with God. Yeah. Just let your awareness dwell in your heart, in your chest, in your belly, and notice there's a river there. Like come on. Yeah. I can't explain it. Like I can't say what is a spiritual river of life. I don't know. You know, like <laughs> I but I know, you know, I feel like I'm getting hugged. I feel like there's an embrace. There's you know, there's something powerful there beyond what I can explain. Um, and I think that's scary for us in the West. A lot of times, you know, we've been taught that uh, we're just taught to fear. You know, and, and, uh, I actually don't quote Bill Johnson a lot, but you, you guys brought him up a bit more. Uh, he always said, when God shows up in church, the first thing we do is think it's the devil, <laughs> you know? Right. <laughs> Literally in the Western church, because we've been so taught to be afraid of anything spiritual that uh, we don't know how to meditate. We don't know how to contemplate. We don't know how to sit in quiet and just, you know, it's okay to not be up here all the time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're not rejecting that. Don't, yeah. don't hear that. But if you're in here all the time, it's like you're missing out on a whole, you're, you're a beautiful, multifaceted being. Uh, Derek, um, I love doing this with you. Love uh, what God is doing uh, in and through our lives, the connection, the reconnection over these last years, uh, what uh, the, the favor in life on, on Rethinking God with Tacos, whether it's the Facebook group. Uh, or the Zoom calls and the, the ones we have in the future, just uh, life-giving. And a, a fulfillment of the vision that I had nine years ago when we stepped away from pastoring full-time to start a Family Story Ministries. A Family Story Ministries was meant to create content catalytic for an encounter with the love of God. I mean, it was that simple. And, and, uh, and it was very empowering for me to then lean into writing, lean into obviously uh, speaking and teaching uh, and, and led to the start of this podcast almost five years ago. A Family Story is a nonprofit 
and it's um, it's been uh, the home for for me for nine years as we've leaned in. And so, anyway, I, I just wanted to share a little bit about the the beginning of a family story. And and I remember you saying uh, coming out of COVID that hey guys, we started a podcast. And you you and Sarah were, were one of our earliest guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and it definitely is content that is catalytic for an encounter with the love of God. Uh, we've yeah. experienced that by joining forces together. Yep. Uh, but I want I want all of our listeners to know that this is a listener funded podcast and uh, rethinking God with tacos has kind of taken on a life of its own in the umbrella of a family story. But a family story is your livelihood, Jason. Um, <laughs> I, I get a salary from the church that I pastor. And uh, I, I donate my time and volunteer my time to do this. But I want everybody to know that uh, you can give to make Rethinking God with Tacos available to as many people as we can possibly make it available to. If, it, if this podcast has in any way uh, blessed you, helped shape your rethinking journey, and been a safe place to experience community on the Facebook page, then I, I invite you to, uh, to give, not out of compulsion or arm twisting, no. but out of uh, out of joy and yeah. generosity uh, give into a family story you can do it at a family there's a giving function on there and, and we invite you into partnership with us that's a way that we can partner together to establish the kingdom of god through this podcast uh, and i love doing it with you jason i really do yeah. yeah same here man thank you so grateful uh for those who have given and who, who blessed us and, and have prayed for us and partnered with us over the years so love it love doing this with you and uh we'll uh we'll see y'all soon and it's heart soul mind and strength and i and i actually think there's a reason it's in that order come on uh, it's um you know we we'd love to talk about the emmaus road here i i love that there's so much mystery there he shows up uh hidden to reveal himself but and then it says he he tells them he uses the scriptures but it doesn't tell us what scriptures because uh, otherwise we'd have all kinds of books sold on that <laughs> it doesn't tell us the scriptures it just tells us he tells us the scriptures and then so he's engaging every aspect of them he's engaging the mind he's engaging their heart he's heart soul mind and strength he's engaging every aspect of them but it's not till they 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 respond to the yes in their hearts, they recognize it later, and they invite them into the house, where they sit down, break bread together, and then they and then they they see him for who he truly is. Their eyes are opened. He disappears from their sight, and they say the most profound thing. They they explain what revelation is. They say, "Did not our hearts burn within us when he spoke to us on the road?" Did not our hearts know before our heads did not our, our heads are just now catching up with what our hearts already knew. Our heads yes. are just now putting together what was always true, what was hidden, but our heart knew it. And if we just tuned into the burning. So to me, the language we're talking, it's a mystical thing. It includes all of us. But it starts heart, soul, mind, and strength. There's this, there's this stewarding, which, by the way, is one of the reasons that one of the first things God addressed with me when changing uh, the way I thought was he addressed that we are not prone to wander. We are prone to love. He addressed Come the on. original identity and value of who we are. We're not actually wired for sin. We were created for righteousness. We're in his image and yes. likeness because you can't trust your burning heart. You have to participate in a Western mindset and you can't trust that, that decrepit and old heart 
part if if it's desperately wicked desperately which wicked would, yes which yeah. is what i was raised with so so one of the first things he shifted in me was no i raised you prone to love was that's one of the one of the books i wrote many years back when the shift took place so good and we're not prone to wander whether we feel it or not lord i feel it yes that's not our feelings aren't our gospel we're yeah, prone lord, to love I feel we're, it. <laughs> we're made it right that you don't determine your 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 identity based on how you feel you you determine it based on the finished work of the cross and so that's what I love, what you're talking about. It, it is a mystical thing, but we were created to, to, to experience it. And we, we can trust our hearts are burning and lean into that, invite them into, the, into the, the place where we get to break bread together, let our heads catch up, man. I, I, that's the so mystical good. to me. Well, we can, we can trust our hearts when we, when we don't believe that our hearts are desperately yeah. wicked. Sure. <laughs> right. yeah. That's a big deal. I mean, yeah. And, and, and you know, you, you would think just wicked is enough, but no, they had to add desperately, desperately wicked, right? right? I mean, why? What the heck? Yeah. But um, yeah, no, I, I hear I hear what you're saying, Jason. And, and Matt, I want to I want to kind of have you maybe lean in a little more for our listeners um, with, you know, that Emmaus Road experience. Jason and I, we thoroughly, thoroughly believe that that's literally that's kind of the journey everyone in the planet is on. Yeah. Jesus is with him. Yeah, uh, Christ, Christ in them, the hope of glory. We rarely recognize and him fully. <laughs> they just don't. Yeah, they maybe yeah. don't recognize him, but but it's like it goes back to that like thought about God. Can my next thought about God be better than the last one that I had? Come and on. then can that next one be Come better? On. And the next one be better? And I think that's that is infinitely where we are heading. That it's so far beyond anything we could ask or think. It is so f far even beyond our imagination. Why not let your imagination go wild as to the goodness and the nature of God and uh, you know the expansiveness of His love? The Bible, the Bible tells us that it's the breadth, the length, the height, and the depth that we could never even fully understand. And then right after that, it says, but with all the saints, we will understand. And that's, yeah. I, th I think, why Come community on, is so important. Maybe that's what, what you could speak to is a little bit about the importance of community, how you guys are doing community yeah. in Come Indiana, and, and how you're experiencing greater expansive views of, of the God who is love. And I'll say, and to, to add to that, to add to the question, we just had Paul Golf on. He said five years ago, the main question he faced was around uh, uh, hell and the context of punishment. But right. the question he's facing now is community. How do we do mm. community? Yeah. And we'd love to get your thoughts on that. Well, uh, man, so many good uh, <laughs> launching pads here. Uh, <laughs> Since we do have time, let me let me try to take a long rabbit trail here, which is related though. But um, so I, I, you know, part I, I was really honored to be on this podcast, and part of it is I've just been wanting to have another forum to to bounce some ideas where I feel like Holy Spirit's been challenging me. Yeah, and exactly what you're saying to, and I and I want to put this challenge out to whoever may end up listening to this, but it's like our view of Jesus is still too small. I think his Come person on. and his work, it's still too small. Right. And there's the, the, here's the number one rub that I've been coming up against for a long time, but especially lately is, uh, you know, well, firstly, when people hear us talk about this radical joy and, and this experience of nearness and union, it sounds too good to be true. And so some people just resist it right away. And I, I think that's exactly what you're talking about. It, it is too good to be true because we haven't experienced that life. We've right. experienced 
so much less in whatever area. And so joy sounds, you know, it's easier to put it off for after we die or at least to temper it, um, it, which is what we always do theologically when we don't experience something, right? They call it cessationism, right? It's not a cessationism isn't based on a, on an experience. It's based on just something you haven't experienced. There you go. Yes. That's, you know, that's brilliant. Right. You know, <laughs> and I, I think that's the same with so many areas. I feel like as a body, we're, we're, you know, we're finally waking up, like we said, to a, a father who embraces us unconditionally. That's, radical yeah for the last you know 1900 years of christianity or whatever it's still radical you know only in the last hundred years would you not be kicked out and you're still kicked out of a lot of places for you know maybe you were burned at the stake 500 years ago for believing that god included everybody you know um (laughs) so so this in this area of joy and it does come down to community but I, i think we'll just tie it we'll tie it into the finished work of the cross right i think we're we're still afraid to say that Jesus actually did it all. Um, it's like we we think he did. Maybe maybe we're starting to wake up that he did some of it. Maybe he forgave us. Maybe he embraced us. But he certainly didn't heal us. That's still a scandalous one. Like, and then and the biggest conversation that we're having now is how does this um, tie in with therapy and long term like issues that you have in community, yeah. right? Or it, relational issues or, yeah. you know, how does this, so from the very, from day one, we, you know, when we started to get this new understanding in 2008, 2009, 2010, you know, people were saying we were exaggerating the gospel, that it was unsustainable or that this joy was just us wanting to have a good time or having a, you know, kind of a shallow happiness, like, which the church has been known for in places, sure. you know, you, Sure. You walk into some churches and they're like, how are you doing, brother? I'm too blessed to be stressed. How, how are you? You know, it's like a, the Jim Carrey voice comes in or something. I don't know, you know, like uh, the mask. Right. Um, but uh, but then, like, like you said, I mean, you guys have tasted and seen and a lot of us have begun to taste and see. Um, what if, you know, Jesus actually completely healed us, set us free. We're no longer broken. We're no longer you know, sick, suffering and death are not our portion. And yet there's a lot of scriptures that do talk about you'll experience hardships and there'll be trials. We still mourn with those who mourn. And so, but I think uh, because our experience as a church has been mostly, you know, like cessationists in the, in the case of joy or it's cessationists in the case that right. I don't feel like prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. Like you said, you know, we feel like we're prone to wander. Therefore, theologically, it must be true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, there's whole suffering theologies. People are not, often ask me, what's your suffering theology? You know, I mean, the, the Catholic Church actually teaches that part of our role in life is to embrace suffering. Right. Um, and right. so just contemplating some of that stuff and saying, for me, God's too good for that anymore. Right. Um, right. At the same time, we we want and, and i think uh derek maybe you kind of touched on this briefly just hinted at it um it's like we don't want it's it's not that we're saying hard times don't happen you yeah, know it's not right. it's not that we're we're trying you, the last thing we need is another you know even word of faith some of the the excesses or errors of the word of faith was that you could never even say that you were sick you know right you can't you can't say you're struggling because we're 
we're 100% whole and healed in Christ. Like we don't want to fall under that um, where you can't tell a brother or sister in community, like, Hey, pray for me. Like, or let's, you know, I'm struggling, right? Yeah. This is challenging or I'm going through a hard time. We don't want to do that. But at the same time, we don't want to say like the gospel says by his stripes, you were healed. And uh, I guess for me over the last 15 years, I found so much fruit by just looking at it's it's almost like the like when the Israelites beheld the snake on the pole and there was just a, a mystical healing that was there. It's like instead of instead of setting my eyes on my my own experiences, my own suffering, my own struggles, I mean, you know, my, my dad left our family for years, ended up committing attempted murder. I mean, it, it's not like I've had a perfect life right. myself. We, right. We've gone through lots of stuff, but instead just looking at at Jesus and what he his person and his work there's like this I've been happy for the last 15 years like I've been genuinely happy it doesn't mean right. I haven't gone through struggles sure or trials and sure. I think it's not a, it's I know it's not a fake thing and I think it can be true for anyone you can actually live even even in the midst of mourning with those who mourn there's like this underlying bliss of union yeah yeah. You know, and, that, and I guess it's trying to put language around that. I get so it. I appreciate you guys letting me no, no, I get kind of it. ramble here and stuff. No. But because I think it's so important for us as the body of Christ as we move forward, like uh, Jesus died for this stuff. Like yeah. Jesus died that we would have life and life abundantly. Amen. Not in some fake name it, claim it. God always, let's put a smile on that face, you know, but a rich and tangible, you know, even if, we've lost family members. We had members of our community who lost babies. We've had literally like, you know, close friends that we were praying over their kids in the ICU and the kid died or marriages that they just couldn't find a way to work out. And they ended up getting a nasty divorce. And, but at the same time, when we come to our community table and we do a Tuesday night community gathering, we just all, and we just all meet around a table and every, anybody can share, you know, it, our, our, the atmosphere is rejoicing. It's, it's always been joy, but even sometimes that's underlying, like while we cry with somebody, you know, while we cry over grieve a, a, a loved one, but there's a grieving that's not like the world grieves. Yeah. And I think right now the church is actually sometimes trying to embrace a grief like the world grief. We're like, you're just, you're just like well, everybody well, else, which is true, but there should be something. There is something to a, a union that produces the fact that Paul would say, you know, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. It's not a fake thing that he was calling us. So he's not calling us to just pretend so that the world thinks that the church is good, but yeah. you can actually, I guess all this to say, like, I think we can actually be happy, you know, for the rest of our lives, yeah. you know, um, without yeah, covering think, I... over and, and spiritual bypassing and, and ignoring traumas and, right, you know, right. Yeah, for me, for me, one of the things that I go back to is uh, that rescued people are thankful, and thankful people are joyful. Come on, um, come on. And so it kind of comes back to that that humility of, man, I've been I've been rescued from a delusion of separation, and yeah, uh, you know, and I hold that on, hope bro. for everybody on the planet. It's I'm, I'm on Team God when it's you know yes. His will that all be saved. And so you, you kind of can relax a little bit um, and you don't have the pressure to try and, you know, because if you genuinely believe that, you know, there's going to be 
X amount of people that are going to this eternal lake of fire and will be consciously tormented for the rest of their life, frying in their own fat. Um, God, the giver of life, presumably keeping them alive with their nerve endings working. Um, I heard someone say recently, they said this, that there was a a girl that he was, he was serving. Uh, He's, this guy's a Jesuit priest. I probably want to get him on the podcast, but he was serving in this really rough community, gangbangers and, and such. And this woman leaned across the table who he was helping with a light bill or something. And she was like, man, I wish you were God, she says to this guy. And he goes, he laughs. He goes, what, why? He goes, well, because um, I think if you were God, you might let me in heaven. And he said, he said this. He said, wow. um, he said, well, if I get to heaven and you're not there, then I'm, I'm leaving. I don't want to be on. there if you're not there. <laughs> and to, and it's just that that shift and that language that comes to yes. bring yeah. people in. Um, it's almost like it's almost like we're presenting a gospel that's like, really? Could yeah. it be true? Yeah. It 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 lights up that intrigue. Yeah, that's good. And there. that I think that's what's being restored to the church is this yes. this joyful <clears throat> God who is absolutely in love with us and not ashamed to call us you know, his kids, but then it's our, our image of God that begins to create the image of, of us. And that's why I think we've got to, we've got to get it right. We've got to go back to Jesus as being what God has to say about himself. Um, Yes. That's, that's, you're talking and you know, the difference between the world's grief and because we're talking about the Mm -hmm. problem with pain, the issue, and, and we have hope. Yes. And so right. in that place of hope, what you just described, that story released hope uh, that God right. is in the restoring all things business, that what Jesus did at the cross is a finished word. And he was in Christ reconciling the world, which is all things to himself. And so when I'm having a conversation around pain or even with the fellow I was talking to yesterday, who's in a dark spot, I am always revealing the long game of love the long game of family, the long game uh, of the goodness of, of our Father revealed in Jesus and Holy Spirit. I, I love what you're wrestling with, Matt, because I think it's something we're all wrestling with, especially from union. Uh, particularly, I, I've been looking at uh, Jesus um, revealing what both empathy and compassion look like from union in the context of Lazarus. He finds out Lazarus is sick. He, he, he says something profound, Lazarus will not die. Then he uh, seems to take his time to get back. When he gets back, it's Mary, right? Mary comes out to him. And, and uh, is it Mary comes out to him or Martha? Which one of them? I think it was Mary. I think it was Martha. Yeah. Or Martha. I think it was Martha. Was it Martha? Martha comes out to him. That's right. Martha comes out to him and she says, uh, if you'd been here, if you'd gotten here earlier, uh, yeah. And then Jesus does this thing that is most beautifully human, and it's called empathy. It's, it, he weeps. And you look at it, and you go, you go he knows what's next because he's already told us the end game. He's yeah. in the restoration business, but he doesn't deny the moment we're in, and he weeps. Yes. So there's this beautiful incarnation, God fully human, stepping into our pain, weeping in that moment. It is stunning. It is healing. It's so life-giving. But he doesn't, he doesn't end there from that place. Then he says, Lazarus, come forth. And I, to me, I look at that and go, that is compassion. That is a picture yep. of now let's get the solution. Now let's step into the finished work here. I, and I see that whole story as a picture of 
of the, of how you would navigate pain, and I don't I, I don't even know that we have all the answers because we we've said Lazarus come forth before and he doesn't walk out, but that's yeah. when you step back and go. But I'm in the long game of love, so I can yeah. weep with you in this moment. I can participate in empathy, convinced uh, in the you know every miracle he did he did with compassion. Paul talked about uh, Paul Golf just gave us a beautiful picture of compassion and the fact that you you put yourself in their story and you empathize until you get a perspective of how the father sees them. You feel with compassion and from compassion you move. But I, I, I'm wrestling with you now because that's something I'm, I'm processing through. And when you talked about it, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that story and revisiting it and, and thinking, what, well, does it, I, what does it look like? I, th I think we're at as a, as a body right now, I'm just hearing those kind of conversations everywhere. We're at like, it, it's, it's being highlighted, you know, by Holy spirit. And, uh, and, and something that I just keep feeling, which I, I, I feel like I'm not, I'm not hearing it enough yet is, well, is, I guess I'll, I'll start here first. The church has needed for a long time to come out of denial and repression and, yeah. and lack of empathy and lack of compassion and, there's voices that have been highlighted, Brené Brown or, you yep. know, a, a bunch of different, you know, there's so many books and voices now where people are feeling comfortable to express their pain, to acknowledge their trauma. Yep. There's less stigma around, yep. uh, you know, suffering. There's less stigma around mental illness. There's more understanding. I think we are genuinely gaining an understanding and an openness. And, uh, and then, so it's, it's a, for me, I, I'm actually kind of one of those still, you know, in a way, though, I try to temper it in a lot of ways with like a more full, rich understanding, but I'm a bit still kind of one of those victorious, I'm a little bit, you know, uh, you know, like vic victorious, hyper finished work, hyper grace, you know, the, <laughs> I believe all the stuff, the word of faith guys believe, we just got to apply it differently, you know, because I just seen one of the theological changes for me was I just feel like we've pushed everything out into the eschaton. We've pushed everything out to the second coming of Christ. And uh, what I kept seeing in this beautiful gospel is that there, it, it's not only forgiveness, it's not only unconditional acceptance, but, I, you know, what if he did it all? Like, what if every, we act, he actually took care of every effect of the fall? The curse is broken, sickness is gone. Now, people get scared of that because we haven't experienced it. And it is really tough to pastorally apply because if someone's struggling, you don't just want to say, brother, you're healed. You know, like right. someone, someone's in the hospital ward. I don't come in and just say, you know, you're, you're healed. I'll, I'll sit. You know, you want to sit with them. You want to cry with them. And then, like you said, you know, you want to also hopefully extend supernatural, yeah. you know, power. Yeah. Um, but I think all of that is rooted back in, in reality. It, it's just, were did Jesus actually extend healing to us or do we need to you know now that we're finally as a church embracing that therapy isn't the devil you know that uh doctors aren't the devil I don't right. know maybe that was a hundred years back but now we're like even even uh yeah. mental health professionals are yeah. it's okay to do you know EMDR or it's okay you know to talk to a psychiatrist on a regular basis or whatever help you need to get yeah there's nothing wrong with that at, at the same so but because we're finally awakening to that um and I feel especially in this gospel of the finished work it's like there's a lot of people that are now almost it's almost like therapy is becoming their gospel sure um 
I can see that. And sure. it does need to be integrated. But so I, let me just read a post from Francois. This Come is on. something I wanted to share because uh, I love Francois and Lydia have been uh, the Dutoits, uh, the mirror, the mirror trends or mirror paraphrase. Yeah. Um, has been so impactful in our lives. That's and, true. and, uh, this is something that Francois said, and I feel like he was kind of trying to speak to it, but he's always so, he's like a poet, you know, very kind, you know, poetic, you know, if you've ever met Francois, uh, Lydia, there's oozing the love and compassion. Yeah. And I think they said it, Francois said it really well, he's starting to speak to therapy. He says, truth therapy does not attempt to untangle the complicated emotional hurts and traumas of the past, but instead truth reveals the integrity of our original life perfectly redeemed in Christ. Paul did not say, behold the old, but he said, behold, all things are new. It's not about denial. It's about embracing something of far greater consequence. Jesus died humanity's death Come on. and brought closure to every claim against mankind's wholeness. Rebooted life is our new reality. <laughs> uh, that was a post he did a, a, that was in October of 2022 he's done several related to that but only in the last couple of years did he start talking about truth therapy there right? and I think you know part of me I, again I did you know this has such been such a great natural conversation we're having I, but I wanted to interject it a little bit because it's been on my heart so much it's like I'm excited for us in this gospel not to throw out the um I don't know, you know, to continue to wrestle with it. I don't have all the answers, but by his stripes, we were healed. Come on. And uh, for me, I've just seen so much more fruit, not by focusing on myself or my past. I think there's a place for that because I don't want to go back to where we were 20 years ago where Christians were afraid to even, you know, if you see a therapist, you're crazy. Right. You know, no, like, we need you. to throw that out. We yeah, got to yeah. get rid of the stigma. Yeah. You know? At the same time, I just want to throw it out into the into the ether here, you know, into the atmosphere. Yeah. That uh let's consider the implications of I died with him. Yeah. You know, um yeah. I no longer live, yeah. Paul says. Like yeah. what is that what what could that mean that's more beautiful than we ever imagined? And I think here's why I care about it. Um I see a lot of my even well-meaning just amazing gospel friends kind of going back to a little more depression, a little more discouragement because they want to, they don't, they want to be human. You know, they don't want to an over-realized eschatology. They don't want to be a fake word of faith guy they, for whatever reason. And I get it because those things were unhealthy, but the fruit has always come from just beholding his person and his work. That's good. And not trying to I'm just a humble, broken guy over here struggling all my life. It's like, dude, you know, you remember when you first met Jesus and you just felt like everything was possible? Yeah. That's, you can still live in that place. Even if you go through something hard. Yes. Keep looking at him. Look at, look at the shininess and he's a mirror reflecting you, you know? And, <laughs> uh, and even if I'm, you know, I, I'm not as uh, eloquent of a poet as maybe Francois or Lydia, so I like to, Go, listen to them. Read no. Francois' stuff. Read the mirror. You yeah. know, get lost in something beyond your own history and personal life as a reference, beyond what you've known. Yeah. And I think we can live in a consistent joy that's actually ecstatic, <laughs> an ecstatic life that's not fake, 
not denying, not repressing, not afraid to go to therapists if you need to. But I, I think, you know, for most of us, if truth therapy is probably the most effective thing, you know, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yeah. Like it, it's more, it's going to be the, the way forward. So well, anyway, it's true. Well, it's your free man. I, I hear what you're saying, <laughs> Matt. I, and I, I've been thinking about it a lot too. I've been thinking a lot about like miracles, signs, wonders, and yeah, you know, not so much wondering why it's not happening, but like, is there, is there something that's holding it back that I can, I can release so that it won't be held back. And I think, I think a yeah. couple of things come to mind. Number one is, uh, I think, I think our motive of love had to get aligned. Come on. We have to come back to this space where we're moved by the nudge of compassion. So even, even to the extent that, Hey, we can empathize and see a situation, but we wait and we find out what Holy spirit wants to do in that situation by coming inside and saying, Hey, I'm waiting for that nudge of compassion. To me, that's that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then the other thing, and this is just so simple, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, you know, yeah. the, the, there's strength in joy that can bring healing. Um, you know, I, I love Jesus's attitude with the guy in John nine that was born blind. You know, they were all like trying to find cause and effect. And there's Who's even false? one translation yeah. or paraphrase yeah. that where Jesus says, I think it's message where he's like. Hey, there's no cause and effect here. It wasn't his sin. It wasn't his parents' sin. God didn't create him this way. And here and he just kind of like he just said, Hey, let me show you what let me show you what the kingdom of heaven can do. Let me show you let me show you what the what God wants to do right here, right <laughs> now. Good. What does love want to do? Come Restore on. this person uh physically. And I've been thinking a lot about that. And uh I've been wondering too if it's not gonna be something that's gonna be heavily restored to the church. I mean, because here's the yes. thing. If you look at the chapter on love in first Corinthians, we can do all these amazing things, prophesy, speak in tongues of angels and heal people and cast out devils and whatnot. If we don't have love, it says we are bankrupt. So maybe that's the shift. Maybe it's the, it's, that's it, so it good. is this yeah. final that's word so of love movement. That's going to, I'm going to uh, use that. Yeah, no, take it, bro. It's all yours. Um, I've been holding out for it for a long time. I love but, it. So uh, good. But yeah, and I'm not trying to get up here with it. Like, no, okay, no, no. you just process this. It's like, no, if I can, if I can become better at loving and compassion, then I have, feel like there's a high, high likelihood that the spirit of God can more easily flow through me into situations and people and, and my own self, you know, my own, my own healing. So good. Yeah. yeah. I love, uh, I think to the, what you're talking about, I love the joy because you, you noted that you want to talk about the joy of mystical truth therapy. And I wanted to know what you were talking about. Um, I, it's, it's, it's only available to us in the context of union. Yes. And, and I, I, one of the scriptures that I've always been fascinated by, and I, we've, we really have been, this conversation has led us naturally here anyway, even in the prone to, to love, prone to wander uh, way that we've navigated. Um, but, you know, when I grew up, I sang a song, I am weak and he is strong. And yeah. it's, it's true. It's, 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 it, you can apply it, but it ain't the scripture. It's if you go look at, at Paul's words, he says three times, I prayed for this thorn to be removed. Uh, and then he says, then he highlights grace. And then he says, when I am weak, I am strong. Mm -hmm. And, and it is a complete 
it's it's a man who's discovered oh i was praying from the wrong place Mm -hmm. i was i was interacting with this from the wrong place let me get back to my truth in him in this union when i am weak i am strong and and i think that's the thing you're talking about this mystical truth therapy when you were talking about i was like that's that scripture paul was explaining it to us he was it's grace he was explaining it to us it's this empowering revelation of our union it's beautiful man yeah yeah and you know it's it's interesting i've been doing a study recently on what it means to be human um and then i was going to try to study on what it means to be partakers of the divine or or divine you know uh but in my study of being human, you know, uh, it's just, there's, there's a lot of different words. Sometimes we'll say, Oh, I'm just a a weak, broken, imperfect individual. I'm like, I don't think broken and imperfect apply, but the word weakness does seem to come up. Yeah. I think there is just a part of being human means to be weak, but to be weak doesn't mean to be broken or imperfect or sinful or evil, or there's all these, this list of things that we've taken that weaknesses means, you know, um, I think weakness has a lot to do with reliance, you yeah. know, um, and, yeah. and, uh, dependence, yeah. uh, and stuff and stuff like that. So it's just a, an interesting concept is a lot of us are finally embracing the fact that we're human and being okay with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, but when we talk about that, a lot of times people see, yeah, like I'm just a human. Well, firstly, just a human is also hilarious because <laughs> you're the masterpiece of God's creation, yeah. right? So like, <laughs> like Ephesians 2.10 in some translations says God's masterpiece. So I'm just God's masterpiece, I guess, you know, <laughs> but, and, and that part of that is being weak and uh, part of that is being reliant and in yeah. need of God, you know, mm-hmm. um, but I think, you know, in, in this beautiful awakening to being human and, and to learning how to, we don't have to deny that we've been through suffering or that we've, we struggle or that we're still struggling. I think there's always that, there's a special temptation now then to put ourselves down in this box again. Right. And there's this huge expanse, you know, um, one of the things I just talk about so much is like, the kingdom of heaven is at hand is what Jesus said. Yeah. Um, what would it mean if we actually believe the kingdom of heaven was here and all yeah. around us, yeah. you know, that was what Jesus said more than anything else, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, don't look for it over there. Don't look for it in the future. Uh, and so, and then he doubled I, down and said, and it's within you later. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it's not even just here. It's, it's within you. It's closer than the air you breathe. It's, <laughs> it's in you, dude. Like, so I think that still scares us and we feel like that's going to be, we're going to have to be living in a pretend world, but the kingdom of heaven is the real world. And I think, that's right. That's good. Know, where right. Francois saying truth therapy, this isn't about like pretending that everything's okay. But what if Jesus actually made everything okay? I know it's scary to believe. Yeah. You know, um, that's that's beautiful. In, in the midst of that, of course, we're still there's still challenges we we face. But I think something, a lot of this is is are we going to emphasize temporal circumstances or are we going to this is where joy becomes real and not pretend. Are we going to realize there's actually a greater circumstance? It's go. not, it's not trying to believe good things while our head's buried. It's seeing the truth Yeah, that makes us free. The truth is like we're in union with a God who loves us and has provided everything we would ever need. 
And uh, our past does not define us. The struggle does not define us. Our, the issues do not define us. They may happen, but there's something greater that we're called to. And just like you said, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He wasn't focused on endurance. He wasn't focused on the pain. He wasn't. Yeah. He was focused on Along our union. Alone. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And uh, so anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's coming up a lot lately, and we're just scratching the surface of this yeah. stuff. But it's it's fun, and it is fun. Hopefully fruitful to to talk about. So I appreciate the opportunity. Man. Oh man, it's so good. Yeah, thanks, Matt. We uh we don't keep as close of an eye on the clock these days, but. But we are. Oh yeah, I got hour. Go pretty soon here too. But yeah, let's, let's talk tacos quick, man. We Woo, you know, tacos, that, bro. We got to do it. <laughs> what do you we got? You want to get me going on tacos, bro? Well, well, we, you. we want you. We want you to describe to our our taco community, uh, just a mouth-watering, salivating taco story that you've experienced. We want to live vicariously this through your, yeah. <laughs> your, taco, your taco experience. So let's hear it. Come on. Okay. It's a, it's literally uh, so funny that I would be on this right now because if I had done this any, any time pre previous to November, I wouldn't have all the juicy details. But uh, so I, my personal experience, and I've eaten tacos in a lot of places, and I've been to almost every state of Mexico now over the years, okay. right? And my very first good taco experience was in Tijuana, just across the border, Come like on. your typical American. Yeah. And I still claim to this day that that's where the best tacos are. <laughs> um, you cross, you just cross over into Tijuana and there's a little place I'd say can't be 500 meters. It can't even be a kilometer from the border. It's called Tacos El Francis. <laughs> have you guys heard of Tacos El Francis? I have not, but I am intrigued. All right. Well, for, for the taco fans, it's a good thing I got on this podcast because <laughs> <laughs> Tacos El Francis has the greatest tacos on the planet. Um, not just my opinion. It's solid, objective facts. No, I, <laughs> I don't know. But if you are in Tijuana, look it up. There's another one in Tijuana called Tacos El Frank. Tacos El Frank and Tacos El Francis are in competition. Uh -huh. I've done both. Some people claim Frank is better. I'm not an expert enough to tell you why Francis is better. Um, but I'll say this. The, the the meat just seemed juicier. It's the meat. It is all about the meat. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, the, the carne asada and the El Pastor were the juiciest things I've ever had. You hit us both. And you got us both, it, man. It, yeah, you just described Derek and Jason. Yeah. Jason's a carne asada, and I'm an El Pastor guy. Well, those are those are the best. I mean, any, anything other than that, I think is a maybe it's a it was an afterthought. Yeah. But uh, the other thing is the guacamole in Tijuana is just unbelievable. You can't reproduce it. I I don't know. You know, we have we have local Mexican places. I've been to local Mexican places all across the U.S. and Tex-Mex. So tacos El Francis in Tijuana. The meat is better. And the guacamole, those two things, but it's it's beyond the tacos. You got to get the tostadas and the quesadillas because their quesadilla isn't just cheese and meat. It's everything. It's cheese, meat, onions, pico de gallo, guacamole. <laughs> like and the, the quesadilla is like this fat. Yeah, um, so, I'm in. I'm in. Anyway, I'm in. I'm in. I'll man. preach this like the gospel, boys. <laughs> I will. <laughs> and, I, and, and it's always better on location, right? Like, like. Hundred percent. Like I don't like mangoes. I go to the Philippines. I like mangoes. It's uh, true. You know, it's true. You know, yeah. So uh, uh, I love it. I love it. Tijuana, the the atmosphere, all of it. 
Uh, I'm in. Mexicans travel from all across Mexico to Tijuana for the tacos. I'm I'm in. So even though it's so close to California, people think, oh, you probably need to get deep into Mexico to find the real goods. No, it's right there by the border. Perfect. Perfect. Nice. Nice. uh where do we find you uh where do we find your yeah matt tell tell our, our listeners and viewers how to how to get in connection with you and the plug time yep. yeah i appreciate you guys uh the firehouseprojects.com the firehouse projects it's way too long but i've had it for too long to change it so the firehouseprojects.com all our stuff is there uh we have a youtube channel just look up matt spinks on youtube or you can Google and find the books. Um, I'm working on another book about the finished work, but I'm very slow. It took me 10 years to write high on God because I was high on God, you know, but um, <laughs> yeah, but you can find us all in those, those kind of links or just, just Google us. Uh, love yeah. It. I love it. You also got a book uh, called, uh, oh, I had it here. Um, the masterpiece of the divine. Yes, that's my pre-ramble. So it's what I have so far from the coming book, but it's okay. literally, you can read it in five or 10 minutes. It's I got love, pictures, though. I love the art. People like the pictures. Love yeah, the art, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. It's more like a coffee table, like yeah. a little, or almost a tract. Okay, but, uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, man, uh, love this. It's it's Yeah, been, it's thanks, Matt. This has been great. To have this conversation. Thanks yeah. for the opportunity, guys. Such yeah. a joy. And uh, yeah, yeah, I uh, look forward to yeah, to connect with you guys more, yeah. and we'll yeah. definitely look forward to your other podcast too. So and we, uh, and we'll, we'll, at some point, well, we got to join you in Tijuana for tacos, man. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, we do go every year. We do we do a trip every year. So, <laughs> all right, <Yeah. laughs> we got time. That hey, love you, man. Appreciate you. Love you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Matt. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. the opportunity. Hey guys, so glad you joined us in rethinking God with tacos. You can find me, Jason Clark, online at afamilystory.org where I encourage you to sign up on our mailing list. We send out an email twice a month letting you know about new podcasts, articles, and new books or products that we have coming out. Plus, occasionally I'll keep you up on my schedule where I'm traveling. My Twitter handle is at JasonClarkIs. I'm on Instagram under the same handle, and you can find me on Facebook as well. Yeah, and my name is Derek Turner. Jason and I love that you're listening to us. Thank you for all your feedback. Please write in. Let us know what's going on in your life. But uh, we are pursuing a mission to help people rethink God. And we thank you for being a part of it. Uh, You can find me at Pastor Derek T on all the socials. And then, of course, I pastor a church here in Charlotte, North Carolina called River Church, rivercharlotte.com. Come and join us. We'd love to have you. Hey, all of these podcasts are available on all the platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Google. Yeah. Hey, make sure and like, share, and throw a review out there. Let people know. We love good reviews on the podcast. It helps people find us. That's right. So if this isn't a podcast that you enjoy, (laughs) then please promote it, share it, give it a good five-star rating. I like that. That's a good idea. Hey, love doing this journey with you praying grace and wonder over you today.